How's it going, Zoe Church? I hope you all are at home, uh, just enjoying this Easter season as we, uh, you know, uh, celebrated and remembered Good Friday a couple days ago. And today, the privilege of just being able to remember what Easter Sunday is all about. I'm going to pray over us and wherever you happen to be joining us from. Father God, thank you so much for the opportunity and for the privilege to be in your presence. God, thank you so much that we get to sing to an amazing God that you are. Lord Jesus, I pray wherever people happen to be joining us, that you would minister to them, that you would reach them, that you would connect with them, that you would show them your love wherever they happen to be. There is no place that you can't reach, no heart that you can't touch, Father God. And so we ask this all in your name. Amen. Amen. Well, hey, listen, if you happen to be joining us just in the last little bit and you miss out on worship, that's okay. My name is Ruben. I'm the pastor here at Zoe Church, and we are having our first ever Easter service live stream right here at Zoe Church. Yeah, they're cheering. I'm so excited. You know, we had a lot different, you know, we had different things planned. I want to say a lot more, but to be honest, like, we had different things planned for today. But we're excited about what God is going to do regardless. You know, we believe God is in control over everything, including our situation right now. And so regardless of where you happen to be, we believe that God is going to meet you, he's going to speak to you, and he's going to use today as a tool to be able to touch your heart so that you may know the reason for Jesus and the reason why his risen and him being risen, him rising from the dead is so important. So I'm going to read a passage just for us to get into the, the sense of what exactly is going on, and then we'll continue. If you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter 20, verse 1 to 18. Up until this point, everybody is still on Good Friday. But for them, it's not so good. For them, Friday is probably the worst day they've ever experienced, because their Lord and their Savior has been killed. Day passes, the next day passes, they're on the third day right now, buried him away, starting to think of what are the plans afterwards. The one that they'd all put their hope into is gone. And this is what happens. John chapter 20, verse 1. Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early, while it was still dark, and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one who Jesus loved, and said to them, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. So Peter went out with the other disciple, and they were going toward the tomb. Both of them were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. And stooping to look in, he saw the linen cloths lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb. He saw the linen cloths lying there and the face cloth 
which had been laid, which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they had not under, they had not, they did not understand the scripture, that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. And as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. They said to her, woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, they have taken away my Lord. I do not know where they have laid him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing. But she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary, she turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I'm ascending to the Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And that he said, these things to her. This is the word of the Lord. You know, in this season that we are all in, Christians all around the world are reflecting on their faith. Today is the day we celebrate Jesus who is risen from the dead, who was wrongfully beaten, who was wrongfully crucified, who was buried in a tomb, and for three days everybody had thought, well, that was good to, too good to be true. Because the one that we were putting all our hope, on is, hope in is gone. The same Jesus who predicted his death and his resurrection three days later rises from the dead and then we as a church rejoice because our hope, our salvation starts on Good Friday but is completed on Easter Sunday. See, Something we don't recognize, though, is that Jesus didn't just perform his resurrection. He, in fact, claimed to be the resurrection of life. There's a difference. And that's what I really want to focus on today for you and I over the next few minutes. You see, there's this time, you know, there's a situation that Jesus was in sometime before his death and resurrection where his friend Lazarus was ill to the point where Lazarus, Jesus' close friend, died. And there was weeping, and there was crying, and there was mourning over this man who died. They had buried him already, and Martha and Mary, Lazarus' sisters, came out to Jesus as Jesus was going towards where Lazarus had been buried. And Martha cries out, Lord, if you had only been here when he was sick, I know you could have healed him, Jesus, I know that, but you weren't. And so... He's gone. And those of you who've lost a loved one, you know that feeling. And so Jesus says immediately, 
Martha, he'll, he will rise again. And Martha goes, yeah, yeah, Jesus, I, I know. At the, at the, at the end time, when, when all of the world is over, when everything has you know, brought to completion, at the day of resurrection at the end, yeah, yeah, I know, he will, he will rise again then. But what she didn't know is Jesus wasn't talking about that. And what Jesus says in response, rather than just saying, yeah, you're right, Martha, he says something so profound that I think opens up the scriptures to what it really means that Jesus died and rose again. He says this in John chapter 11, verse 25 and 26. He says, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who, believe, everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Jesus calls himself the resurrection and the life. And as much as there's been much dispute, I just want to set the record straight. Jesus didn't rise from the dead to show you he could. He rose from the dead so that you could also rise from the dead. He didn't just perform his own resurrection. He rose from the dead and called himself the resurrection of life so that you would know that there is no other resurrection except for the one in Jesus Christ alone. You see, Jesus, what he did on the cross, he gave his life willingly to defeat the curse of sin, the choice that we have made to disobey God, that choice that we have brought upon ourselves, that sin that we have brought upon ourselves. Jesus died to break the curse of sin, which is death. He rose from the dead after defeating sin, death, and grave, so that when we believe in him, even though our physical bodies fade away, we have a new life found in Jesus Christ who rose from the dead as well. You see, I think this is an epiphany for some of us. And I'm gonna reiterate it in a different way. You know, Jesus didn't come to earth to make nice people better or bad people good. He came to bring dead people to life. This is why he calls us, the church, the people that he uses to reach the world, that this is why we as the church are not a museum for the polished. We're a hospital for the broken. So that those who recognize I'm broken, I, I'm losing my life, I'm hurting, I'm in pain. There's everything around me that is causing me to, to realize I'm going to be defeated at some point. I need help. I need someone to save me. It's those people who reach out, who will find Jesus, the true Savior of the world. You see, when Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life, what he's really saying is that you won't find life in anyone else except for me. You won't find life again once this life that you have is gone. What he's saying is, I am the answer. I am the solution. I am the way to solving this curse that we all face. You see, family, this is what Easter is about. This is why Jesus came to the earth. And whether you're a new Christian, whether you're a non-Christian, or whether you're like, I'm a believer in Jesus, this is so vital to take part and to remember. This is what Christianity is about. This is what the gospel is. This is the centrality of who we are and what we believe. 
This is what John 3.16 talks about, where scripture says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. This is what it's talking about. It's talking about a Jesus who enters a curse-filled world, a world full of sin, under the bondage of this curse that is death. That is not a natural thing. I know we come to think that death is natural, but it is the, but it is the total opposite. Death is not a natural thing. This curse is what has separated us from God forever. It's this curse that restricts us from, restricts us from discovering and, 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 and starting to learn and discover who we are and what our identities are. It's this curse that has led to diseases and to pain and to suffering in this world, the loss of family members, the struggle between the rich and the poor, and those who live life hopelessly with no hope for tomorrow. It's this curse that has not allowed us to enjoy God the way we were created, to enjoy him, to worship him, to know him, to live for him. It's this curse, family get this, it's this curse that was our eternal death sentence. And the worst part is you and I had no control over it. We couldn't do anything about it. Our sin is an unpayable bail that we owed God because that is who we had wronged. Our sin is an unpayable bail that we owed God. But I love the passage of scripture that says, but Jesus. Whenever scripture says, but Jesus, I praise God because I'm like, Jesus is about to do something good. Somebody just shouted out, but Jesus, in the comments with exclamation marks because when Jesus enters a situation, everything changes. But Jesus, he came to break the curse. He came to end the pain. He came to bring us who are dead people walking back to life so that if we believe in him, if we trust in him, if we put our faith back in him, we will know that though our bodies fade away, we have resurrection in him. Because he rose from the dead, we too will rise just like him. On that cross, he paid our bail. He bore our sin. That's what happened on the cross when the nails pierced his head. It wasn't the physical agony, although that was probably bad. It was the, the, the torment of being separated from the Father and, and feeling the pain of our sin, past, present, and future, all on him at one time. I mean, to me, whenever I think about it, I think, how could a holy God like him exchange our deserved punishment for his righteousness. The sinless, the blameless, the perfect for us, the wretched, the evil, the sinner. See, a passage of scripture, one of my favorites, 2 Corinthians 5.21 says it like this, for our sake he made him, as Jesus, who knew no sin to be sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus was made to pay for our sin so that if we put our trust in him, believing who he says he is, we can again be made righteous. This is the message of Jesus. This is the gospel that when we put our faith in him, though our bodies fade away eternally, we will enjoy him forever in his kingdom, in all the glory of knowing our creator, 
But you have to start with the question that Jesus asks Martha when he's going towards Lazarus' tomb. He asks her, do you believe? Do you believe? See, Jesus backed it up. When he says, listen, he will rise again, he goes to the cave. He calls out dead Lazarus. And can you imagine the guy wrapped in claw? That's how they, you know, uh, 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 you know, properly buried their dead. And this guy is walking out like a mummy. The same Jesus predicts his death and resurrection and pulls it off and says, if you believe in me, that I am who I say I am, you will have life because I am the resurrection. Jesus didn't just perform a resurrection. He is the only resurrection. And those of us who say, I believe in you, Jesus, that you are one and only God, that you died on the cross and paid for my sin, that is whom will be saved. So here's my question for you this Easter. Do you believe in Jesus? Do you believe in Jesus? There are three people who probably fall into one of these categories. Either you're here and you're like, man, I don't believe in Jesus at all. I, I have nothing to do with Jesus. I was scrolling on my Facebook uh, 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 you know, feed and I saw this and I just clicked on and I'm listening. That's totally cool, which by the way, I'm glad that you're here. Maybe you're in another category where you're like, I've been debating, I've been struggling, I've been wrestling with Jesus and trying to figure out whether I believe in him or not. And, or maybe you're here and you're like, I love Jesus, preach pastor, I love it, amen, amen, amen. Whatever category you fall in, a question that we have to ask, if you believe amazing, this is an opportunity we get to reflect, to show God our gratitude, and then to share that message with everyone. But if you're here and you're like, I'm on the fence, or I'm like, I want nothing to do with that, here's my question for you. If not Jesus, then who? If not Jesus, then who? Who else? As a teenager, when I was an unbeliever, not wanting anything to do with God, for me, it was that question. If not Jesus, then who? Who else shows me what it looks like to love unconditionally? Who else puts intrinsic worth and value on human beings? Who else entered humanity to show them how much he cared for them? I find no other faith, walk of life, or God to be the one and only true God except for Jesus. And so here's my plea and here's my ask. Consider Jesus who chose to give his life that if you believe, you may live because he loves you. Father God, thank you so much for this Easter Sunday. Thank you so much for dying for us on the cross. We praise your name. We give you all the glory, God. And we ask that every single soul who desires to know you, that you would meet them, Jesus, that you would woo them, that you would, uh, uh, that you would move them closer towards you, that as they open up scriptures and, and, and try to understand you, that you would show yourself to them. We love you. We thank you. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen.